After months of preparation, the Utah Christian Research Center, an outreach of Mormonism Research Ministry, will officially open on November 24th. Be sure to stop by to see our large selection of Christian books covering a number of apologetic subjects. We also carry books written by Gerald and Sandra Tanner, including Mormonism, Shadow or Reality. Again, the Utah Christian Research Center, located at 579 West Galena Park Place in Draper, will open on Black Friday at 10 a.m. Check out our website at utahchristianresearchcenter.com. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. With me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Well, today at 10 o'clock Mountain Time, the Utah Christian Research Center is opening its doors in what we call a soft opening. Our official opening is the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. But since Eric and I are probably going to be down there doing some finishing touches, a little bit of fine-tuning on the place, we figured, hey, why not? If people want to stop by and see what we've got going, we'd be glad to show them around. So today we want to do just that. But first of all, let me give you the address. It's 579 West Galena Park Place in Draper. That's just north of the 123rd South. If you're heading west on 123rd South, a way to remember it is it's three lights and a right. Three lights and a right. And as Eric mentioned, just turn right at the white gorilla. Although he's a little hard to see when you're going west on there. If you're going east on 123rd, you can't miss the gorilla next to the palm tree. It's a business called Valley Collision. Just turn north there and just go down that street. We're on the right-hand side. It's a two-story building. I might mention our main entrance is on the east side of the building. You don't need to go into that middle door. It's just going to go into a common area. Go around the building to the left. That's the east side. That's where our main entrance is. And everyone who comes in this week is going to get a free book. And either Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday, we have a book called The Case for Christmas, One Per Family While Supplies Last. This is written by Lee Strobel, a nice little concise reason why we celebrate Christmas. And, Bill, there are some people who are probably listening to us in Hawaii or Idaho or Nevada and wondering, well, why are you spending so much time on your radio show regarding this? Because someday you're going to come to Utah. And when you come to Utah, we want you to come and visit us. And would you do us a favor? We're going to have lots of ministry opportunities. Will you pray for us? Because we're opening, and uh, there's not very many of us. There's Bill, myself, and Tammy McKeever, who are the three main people who have put this together. And we're having to operate this. We're getting to, we're getting volunteers to help us uh, over the next few months. But we have a lot of work to do. And so if you can keep that in prayer and do want you to know about what's so exciting for us to have a facility like this that will be available to 70% of all people who live in Utah will be within an hour of this facility. One of the ideas that we had for a place like this is to keep in mind that we just may be getting a lot of very disillusioned Latter-day Saints who have perhaps been burned by Joseph Smith. I mentioned that phrase yesterday, and I, I really stick behind that. They feel like Joseph Smith had lied, and of course, to be 
caught in believing a lie can be very embarrassing, very disheartening, very disillusioning. And so we wanted a place where people can come to find out that our Bible is something that's worth trusting. And so when you walk into the facility, you're going to see to the right a lot of archaeological artifacts that Eric has collected over the years that come from the biblical period and really support some of the things that the Bible talks about. We also have a display of fragments of Torah scrolls. We have a number of these scrolls, and you might wonder, well, why would you do that? When you see the beauty in the precision that these scrolls have, you're going to first of all realize when the scribes took the time to write their scriptures, this wasn't just something they did as a hobby. This was not just something they sat down and haphazardly did. Because remember, a lot of Latter-day Saints leave their church thinking that the Bible was not transmitted accurately. I know Article 8 in their Articles of Faith say we believe the Bible as far as it's translated correctly, but really that word means transmitted. At least that's how it comes across when you talk to Latter-day Saints. We want to show, just by displaying some of these scrolls, that there was a lot of serious effort put into these by Jewish scribes. And the meticulous way in which they did it. We want to talk about that. We'll have signs that explain that. One of the scrolls that we have, or one of the fragments that we have of a scroll, is the Esther scroll. It's a small portion, but fascinating enough, the part that we have is the part about Haman wanting to exterminate the Jews. And when you realize what chapter 3 in Esther is talking about, Given what's going on in the world today, this has not changed, unfortunately. History repeats itself. It and, does. And to be able to see, it's on deer parchment. And, and it's either on calf parchment or deer parchment. They are not allowed to write on unclean animals. That's one of the rules that you're going to have on that sign. I think that uh, for a lot of people, that's going to help them to understand, wow, there was a lot of care taken where the entire scroll of Isaiah from 125 B.C. that was found in Cave 1 of the Dead Sea Scrolls, that was the earliest we have of Isaiah, the entire book. And if you go back a thousand plus years to the Masoretic text, you'll find that for the most part, it's exactly the same. So the care that was taken over all those years meant it, it translated into accuracy from what was originally written. We also have some uh, replica artifacts that deal with with the Bible as a book of real people, real places, and real events. You've heard us say that over and over again, but we really do believe that the Bible fits all three of those categories. And so we have some replicas up there, and you may be surprised that a lot of museums have replicas. You and I, Eric, just got back from visiting Jordan, and we went to two museums there, and we saw two replicas of the Moabite stone. The original, of course, is in the Louvre. If you want to see the original Moabite stone, you have to go to Paris. I mean, even the Israel Museum has a replica of King Sennacherib's siege of Lachish that was found at his palace. And it's I think that's also at the Louvre. So there's a lot you can find at the British Museum and the Louvre, the real items. But I think this is going to give people a good enough idea of what it looks like, gives you that 
perception so that you'll understand that it is talking about real people and real places that are being talked about and even real events. And and having that three-dimensional display, I think, will help people see what we're talking about. Naturally, our little replica of the Moabite Stone is nothing compared to the original, but at least you can see what it looked like, and we have signs that explain some of these things. We also have replica parchments with Greek New Testament writings on them. We have, for instance, a replica of P52. If you don't know what that is, then you need to come by and we'll explain that to you. We also have other replicas of New Testament parchments. Again, trying to emphasize that the transmission of the text was done accurately, precisely, was not meant to be done haphazardly. You turn the corner and you're going to find a chart that shows you how the English Bible came to us. And so in a Bible display case, we're going to have an entire copy of the King James from the 17th century. We're going to have a 1615 edition of the Geneva Bible. Plus, we're going to have a variety of pages of these early Bibles. One page is 600 years old. So when you you consider the care that was taken by those who translated into English, it's going to hopefully give you better appreciation for the English Bibles that we have. Yeah, and I I think one of the Bibles that we have that will be on display, the one I love the most is the Geneva Bible. I mean, that was printed in, in 1615. And that date might not mean anything to you until you realize that's five years before the pilgrims arrived in this continent. And that was their Bible version. They used the Geneva Bible. And I I just love handling that one. And if you want to look at some of these up close, we have them. We'll pull them out of the case for you and let you look at them. But then as you go down the hall a little ways, this is where we start getting into the displays dealing with Mormonism. We have no... No displays dealing with the subject of Mormonism at all in that first section of our facility, but we do have those, and we also have them in in an area that we have set aside to be a classroom, because we do get a lot of missions teams that come up to Utah, and they want to be trained at least on the basics of the faith when they go out and do their service projects and such, so we do have room to teach about 30, 34 comfortably in that room. Uh, We have a large uh, screen TV that that thankfully was donated to the center. And on the walls, we have displays dealing with the subject of Mormonism. Of course, my my gold plates are there. Sandra's lead plates are there. I shouldn't say gold plates. Mine are actually sheet metal painted gold. But we have Sandra's lead plates that were in her store are there. I also have a 50-pound set of plates. And you're going to see why we did that. Why do we have three sets of plates? Well, there's a sign there explaining why. And I'm not even going to tell you now, because we've talked about it in the past, but I want you to come and see the sign that we had made that explains the plates. And if you're a buff farm boy, we'd like to see you lift them all. And maybe you're that buff. Maybe we should take them out, Bill, and let them run around for a couple of miles to see how they do. Well, they can lift these. We have them set up to where you can physically lift them if you desire. We also have a display on the the translation, quote-unquote, of the gold plates. We have the rock and the hat. We have a seer stone here. Ours does not work, but then Joseph's didn't either, but we have a display and we talk about the translation process of the plates and I think you'll like the way we have it laid out. It looks very close to the illustrations that we've seen in LDS magazines when it comes to the translation. Bill, you have a replica of the Nauvoo Expositor, but you have 
a gun that's not a replica. Tell us about the gun. We do. We have an 1845 36 caliber six barrel Ethan Allen pepper box, which is just like the one that Joseph Smith had on the day he was killed at Carthage Jail in June of 1844. The actual gun that Smith used is on display downtown in the LDS Museum, but we have one that looks just like that one, uh, just to give you an idea of the pistol that he had. Now, we don't have another copy of the pistol that was brought in by another gentleman on that faithful day on June 27th and was given to Hiram Smith. Do you have an actual pistol? It, it works. I don't really want to shoot that thing, and of course, you, it won't fire on display, that's for sure. But we do have that on display also. And we have a display case that involves books. We have a variety of old books of Mormonism, and uh, you'll have to come and see what we're going to have. Uh, we're going to add another case in the next month here. We won't have that ready for the grand opening, but we have some rare books that we're going to have behind glass, And but we want people to be able to see some of the books that we have come across. And we have a display dealing with the Book of Abraham, because as you know, we've talked about it many times, it's the Book of Abraham that has caused many Latter-day Saints to eventually leave the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we have a lot of things to look at right now. We hope to increase our displays as time goes on, but we do hope that you will come out either today or the day after Thanksgiving for our official opening, and that's going to be from 10 to 3 on Friday and Saturday. 579 West Galena Park Place in the city of Draper. And remember, when you look at the building... Go to the left, to the east side of the building. That's where our main entrance is located. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. On November 24th at 10 a.m., the Utah Christian Research Center, an outreach of Mormonism Research Ministry, will officially open its doors at 579 West Galena Park Place in the city of Draper. For more info, go to utahchristianresearchcenter.com.